Well, welcome everyone to another Tech Doctor podcast. I am Robert, one of the Tech Doctors, and along with me for this WWDC 2019 extravaganza wrap-up event is Dr. Allison Mervis. Good evening. How are you? It's been a long time. It has been. I'm coming to everybody from a from a brand new location of my new home in Ohio. So uh, life is good and crazy and awesome, and I'm happy to be along the, for the ride for another recap. Love these recaps. Yes, we do this every year, and we kind of put out a roughly, virtually unedited version so we can get it up quickly, and that's what we're going to do again this time, because today, which is June 3rd, 2019, was a jam-packed keynote event from the Worldwide Developers Conference from Apple in San Jose, California. It started out as usual with uh, Tim Cook coming out and greeting everyone, saying that he was inspired by the millions of developers that are developing for Apple throughout the world. He talked a little bit about how this is the first time for a lot of the WWDC participants. I guess they have a lot of new people there this year. He seemed excited about that. And he mentioned, of course, that Apple is well known for the integration of its hardware and software and now its focus on services. And he recapped a little bit about some of the services that were discussed in the March event, and I'm not going to go through those services that were mentioned since we've already talked about them. Um, he did play a little sneak peek, a little preview of a show that uh, Ron Moore is doing. It's about the space race, and it's kind of interesting. It's a show that makes the assumption that Russia reached the moon before the United States, and it's called for all mankind sounds like an interesting show and i'm looking forward to seeing it when the new apple tv content is released next fall and it's oh yeah i'm subscribing totally yeah it's going to be on all the devices and in the tv plus app so the apple tv app was the first thing that was discussed and uh, the new version of the TV OS has a redesigned home screen and they're going to be able to show you a lot more smartly listings of things that you're interested in and it's also introducing a uh, multi-user support for the Apple TV so multiple people can be signed in and see their own favorites in their own list and so forth so it's nice to see that, that is coming awesome that is so cool because we have two apple tvs in the house and two people using them so i'm really really excited for that multi-user support on the apple tv said it's going to be easy to switch between family members so we hope that turns out to be yeah. the case awesome. i mentioned that there is apple music on the apple tv and it's going to support the synchronization of lyrics as your songs are playing so you just karaoke party have a karaoke party exactly <laughs> um, there is uh, extended support now for two new game controllers one of them is an xbox controller and one's a playstation controller mm-hmm. so if you want to hook it up and play some games on your apple tv you can do it with some fancy new controllers now nice. there are some new beautiful screen savers that have been introduced this year and guess what they did they are showing screens from under the ocean they went under the sea to capture some i imagine some pretty cool video under there do they have sound that would be really cool (laughs) and that's the the basic summary of what was discussed about the new tv os which of course will be available in the fall We then moved on to Apple Watch, and we're reminded that the Apple Watch is the number one watch in the world. Kevin Lynch came up to talk about the new watch OS, and there are a whole bunch of new watch faces. It seems like they've really dressed up the old and new watch faces a lot. Um, Mm. There's there's one called Gradient. There's one Mm -hmm. called California Dial, one called Solar Face. 
And there's also going to be a new taptic chime that will chime on the hour. I love that. It's kind of interesting. It's going to apparently have a taptic feedback if you want that. But if you have sounds on, you're going to hear the sound of a bird every hour. And at least one person I heard comment after was not crazy about the idea of a bird. But maybe there are other choices. The bird is what they demonstrated on the keynote. Better than a rooster. (laughs) Better than a rooster, I guess. There are new capabilities for audiobooks on the watch and for voice memos on the watch. And there's a new calculator. And you can calculate tips and you can even calculate splitting the bill with your friends and colleagues if you don't want to pay the whole thing. So I'm kind of surprised in a way there hasn't been a calculator on the watch built in before, but now there's going to be one. There are lots of new tools for app developers, and you're going to be able to actually make watch apps that are independent from the phone. So you can nice. create watch apps that have that don't have to have an iPhone, iPhone, not an iPhone. I never had an iPhone, <laughs> an iPhone companion to let them run. And there are now new APIs for streaming audio, which is going to make Marco Armit, very happy. He's going to be able to do more with Overcast on the watch, I'm sure. Yeah, and Audible. I would. I, I can finally realize my dream of going around the house with my audiobook playing on my wrist. Yeah, let's hope that works as ho- as well as it sounds yeah. like it is likely to. This is a little strange to me. There is going to be an app store for the watch, and you can search the watch app store with Siri, uh, with dictation, or through scribbling. I can't imagine how that's going to really work on the watch, but nevertheless, I guess they think there's a market for it. And you're going to be able to actually purchase and install apps directly on the watch from the watch app store. So I guess we'll see how all that works out. Yeah. And they had a, a woman come up then... I think she's a physician. I couldn't quite catch her name. It sounded like to me they said Stumble Desi, but I doubt someone's really named Stumble. But anyway, (laughs) that's what it it sounded like to me, but uh, maybe I missed something, which is quite likely. But anyway, she talked some about uh, things that are being added to the fitness app. And Mm. there there are a lot of things that are kind of interesting there's going to be some new ways to show activity trends. So you can see what your activity trends have been like for 30 days or 90 days or even longer. And the watch is going to start coaching you more, which I'm not sure exactly how I feel about. If your trends are trending downward, for example, it's going to encourage you to get out there and walk more and do more of that mm-hmm. exercise and all that kind of stuff. And... They're going to be providing what seems to be like a more complete overall picture of your fitness. And there's going to be a new app that is going to be monitoring noise level. And it's going to let you know if you're in a situation that is noisy enough that it could hurt your hear, hurt your ears, hurt your hearing. Interesting. So, um, if sounds get to be too loud, it, it will somehow let you know that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it monitors your environment, but it doesn't record any audio and it doesn't save anything. And it only takes periodic samples. So apparently it's a pretty smart app. And there's now going to be a new app for women which is designed to help women track their menstrual cycle. Oh, good. And sounds like it's a pretty sophisticated app, and she was talking about that it's going to be easy to use and easy to to collect information, and it's very discreet and private, which, of course, Apple is known for these days. Oh, yeah. And that app is going to also be available on 
iOS. If you don't have a watch, you're going to be able to track your cycle on your phone or your other oh, iOS cool. devices. And there is going to be a new summary view in the health app. And so we'll see what that's like when when that gets released. Uh, Kevin came back and talked a little more about health data um, stored on the phone and it's encrypted if it is sent to iCloud. He then had a, a woman named Haley Allen come up and she actually showed off the new version of watchOS. I believe that will be watchOS 6. Nice. And she showed a new modular um, compact face. And I, I like the modular face myself. I use it a lot. And I'm told by someone that uh, Leo Laporte commented that this is a much nicer looking modular face oh, okay. than that's what we currently nice. have. So apparently it's been dressed up quite a bit. Nice. So that's going to be nice. And she showed that, uh, that that these new faces are very customizable. I guess you can add or delete a lot of complications from them. You've always been able to do that, mm-hmm. but apparently even more more so with the new OS. Nice. And um, she did demonstrate the, the noise app. She had the audience clap, and it showed the, the decibels that the audience was creating. So <laughs> it, it apparently actually does work. That's cool. there, there's a new now playing screen, which apparently lets you be more sophisticated in how you control whatever devices are playing using your watch to control them. And I'm excited about that because I use that now playing screen a lot on my watch to control what I'm listening to on my iPhone. She talked a little about the gradient face, but I don't really know too much about it yet. Yeah, me neither. And... She showed off the new watch app store. She showed a, a and I'm a, a baseball fan. I was kind of excited. She showed a, a copy of the Major League Baseball app that will be running on the watch. And you could just listen to a, a radio broadcast of any of the Major League games, apparently, right on the watch. So I guess that'll wow. be pretty cool. That and is then, cool. Uh, Kevin came back and... He said that you're going to be able to use Shazam on the watch to recognize <gasps> song titles. Ooh, I like that. And he talked about some new watch bands, including some new uh, gay pride bands that are apparently out right now. Awesome. Yeah, so there's a lot going on with Watch yeah. OS 6. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, then Tim came back and he started talking about the new iOS and he first said that that there's a 97% satisfaction customer satisfaction with iOS 12 Gosh. and it's it's now installed on 85% of the devices that are capable of running it whereas the competitor as he said only has 10% installation of its latest OS. Boo. We can we can only imagine who that competitor <laughs> who that might be. be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Craig came up to talk about iOS in more detail. Of course, we just call him Craig because everyone now knows who Craig is. Other people have oh, last names, but he doesn't need one. He's just Craig. So yeah. iOS is going to be called, believe it or not, iOS 13. 13. Much <laughs> To all of our surprise. And he, Craig said it's a huge release. They've worked a lot on performance. Unlocking with Face ID is going to be 30% faster. Oh, that's cool. App downloads will be 50% smaller. And updates will be 60% smaller. Wow. So things are going to be uh, moving along faster with downloading and updating your apps yeah. in iOS 13. And apps are going to be launching twice as fast. So you tap on that baby, it's going to be launched before you even have time to think about it. Nice. There's a new dark mode coming to iOS, which I'm always in dark mode, so I don't know if that's going to affect yeah. me a whole lot. <laughs> but they seem to think that it looked looked really nice. They showed it with 
the news app and the calendar app and a few more Mm -hmm. also with notes and messages. So the audience was pretty excited about dark mode and iOS. So I guess they liked it. And there is going to be a new swipe uh, keyboard built in. I don't know how it will or won't work with voiceover, but apparently you can swipe to get different letters. You don't have to lift your finger anymore. So we'll you know, see. That was so hard. <laughs> yeah, we yeah that was that was a finger strain, was it not? Yeah. <laughs> but but apparently it's it's a lot of people feel that it, those swipe keyboards are faster and more accurate. So mm. we'll see how that works okay. out. A lot of new uh, sharing stuff in photos and um, in music. Uh, they both look great in dark mode, apparently, and. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to get the same synchronized lyrics on iOS that we were talking about on the TV app. And Safari and Mail and Notes have all been enhanced, but they just mentioned that. I didn't really say too much about how they've been enhanced. They did say that Reminders has been completely rewritten. And so Reminders is going to be a lot more sophisticated with a lot more features and it's going to be easier to integrate reminders into things like messages. So when you're messaging someone, mm-hmm. if you have a reminder associated with that person, that's going to come up in the message or something like that. It's apparently a mm-hmm. way to make it more automated. Oh, good. Okay. And they've completely rewritten maps. That didn't go so well the first time, but yeah. they've been out driving around, Alice, and they've been going everywhere over four million miles collecting data that's a lot of miles right there and they're going to roll the new maps out later this year in the u.s and in other countries next year and a woman named meg frost came up and said a lot more about maps and i learned later on that she happened to be a woman who uses a motorized wheelchair Ah, so So they had her out on stage uh, talking a lot about maps, talked about there's a new favorites feature and there's a new collections feature, which will let you more easily go to places that you go frequently. You're going to be able to tap on it and all the mapping information is going to come up for you. And there's a new launch screen for maps. There's a new binoculars feature or new binoculars button actually and when you tap on this button, I assume this is a visual thing, but you're going to be able to visually do a 3D exploration of what's around you. Hmm. And you can tap on labels that are there to learn more about those places. So okay. it might be useful f- for, for those who use the maps visually. I don't, don't know what it will be like, if anything, with voiceover. Yeah. Went back to Craig... And he um, talked a little bit about how sharing has been updated a lot in iOS 13. You can very easily now share your ETA with family members as you're headed home, I guess, so they know Mm -hmm. exactly when you'll be there. And Maps is very respectful of your privacy. Um, locations can be shared once if you mm-hmm. want, uh, but the app cannot continue to just use your location unless you oh, good. set it to give it permission to do so. And in addition to doing some things with, specifically with location services to protect your privacy, you are going to be able to now use an Apple sign-in to sign in to apps that want you to sign in. I guess you could also use it probably on websites that want you to sign in. And it's kind of interesting because if the site or the app requires you to enter an email address, you can choose hidden. And what that's going to do is Apple will generate a random email address and will forward whatever comes to that address to your actual 
email address. So your email address does not have to actually be given out on that the site. That is so cool. So it seems like a pretty good idea. And yeah, there's a new random address created for each site that you use this on. So if you get into a situation where you're getting a lot of spam or you don't, you're not unhappy with what's going on with the way they're using your email, you can just delete that random address and nothing is really lost. So it seems like mm-hmm. a pretty good idea. I like that. Well, we next moved along to talk about HomeKit and they're they're doing a lot to protect your privacy with HomeKit, especially when it comes to using security cameras. You're going to be able to use your HomePod or Apple TV or um, one of your Apple devices essentially as the hub for HomeKit as you do now, but the security cameras are going to be able to upload the data just to that hub, and that's where the processing is going to be done. So nothing goes to the cloud from these security cameras, which has been a source of vulnerability for people. Yeah. And if you then want it to be stored in the cloud, it gets stored in your encrypted iCloud storage. So this is like a, a pretty pretty smart way to ensure some privacy with HomeKit and security cameras. Very smart. I like it. And they're bringing HomeKit to certain routers like the Eero routers, which which I have and also Linksys. Oh, yeah, me too. That's awesome. And a few others, which is going to mean that there's good security for any of your devices that are connected to your router through HomeKit. So just a couple of things that are kind of nice additions. Yeah. Uh, then they went on to talk about they've added a lot more Memojis, and you can do exciting things like put on makeup on your Memoji, and they showed a video okay. of some people doing that. I don't think I'll uh-huh. be doing that, but no. <laughs> anyway, it's it's something that can be done. Yes. There there are lots of new Memoji stickers and they can be used on all devices that have at least the A9 chip or mm-hmm. later. And there's quite a bit new with camera in iOS 13. There's a new portrait lighting feature and a lot of new editing capabilities for editing both photos and videos and you can actually rotate a video now oh very nice and there are lots of new ways to browse photos which seem pretty cool actually i think it's something that my wife vicky might really enjoy you can browse by days you can browse by months and the browsing is is really smart like for example if you browse by year which i don't think i mentioned but you can and you start out on a photo. He gave the example of you start out on a WWDC photo. Uh, the the photo app is smart enough to realize he goes to WWDC every year. So it will just start bringing up photos from each year going backwards from the WWDC oh, cool. event. So that was just one example. And he used his, da- his daughter as another example that he could easily have it show a history of his daughter's life through the memorable photos he had taken of her. So just some smart new ways to view photos I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. And then um, Craig talked a little bit about some new features for AirPods, HomePods, Siri, and CarPlay. A woman named Stacy came up and she talked about that when you're wearing AirPods, Siri is now going to be able to automatically read you a text message at the moment it comes in and you can automatically respond to it if you choose to have it set up like that. Nice. And it was a very nice, seamless way it worked. She showed a little demo of how she had a message read to her in her AirPods and then she just immediately responded to it. It seemed to work really well. And you can now share the audio that you're listening to 
with someone else on their AirPods and there's going to be a, a button that lets you just hand hand that off. And also uh, an interesting feature, handoff feature is coming to HomePod where you can walk in your door. If you're listening to something on your phone, you just take your phone near your HomePod and automatically switches what you're listening to over to the HomePod. And if you want to switch it back, you walk up near the HomePod again with your phone and it switches it back to your phone. So you can just hand stuff off very easily. And live radio is finally coming to HomePod. I know they mentioned iHeart and about time, yeah. And tune in, and maybe there are more. I think there are a couple more. But yeah, it is about time because other services have had live radio for a while. Oh but it, yeah. But I'm going to really enjoy that because I, I like listening. Oh, me too. Um, and HomePod is going to be able to be personalized to your voice or to another person or people's voice in your family. So it's going to be able to recognize you and load up your particular messages and settings and so forth. And it can, of course, show you your own music playlist and things like that. Some enhancements to CarPlay they discussed. I didn't take too many notes on that. I don't don't really mm-hmm. have have anything any way of using CarPlay. Have an old car, um, but Siri can now work with a lot more third party apps in CarPlay. And talked then some about Siri shortcuts. And the shortcuts app is now going to be built in. It's no longer going to be a a separate app apparently and there's a lot of new automation shortcuts built in there is a new siri voice based on a new technology instead of being a bunch of chopped up phonemes that they put together it's a a new neural processing engine that processes the entire speech pattern on the fly and it really sounded great they showed an example of siri reading some complex mathematical kind of information and the the rendering of it was so much more human like in ios 13 than it is in ios 12 and we can only hope that maybe that really great Siri voice will be available for use by voiceover, but don't know that yet. Hmm. That would be so cool. And you can now have your any caller that, that, that calls you who isn't in your contact list, you can have that automatically go to voicemail if you want, which will cut down a lot on the spam calls yeah. that we all get way too many of. Next, they moved on to the iPad, and although the iPad will have all the features that are in iOS 13, there is now a new iPad OS, and it's got a lot of tighter grid of icons. You can pin uh, widgets to the home screen of the iPad. You can multitask much more easily now with something called Slide Over, and you can do a lot of interfacing that was complicated to do on the iPad before much in a much simpler way with some new gestures that are unique to the iPad OS. You can put two notes side by side, for example, and edit between them. Uh, this this OS also is going to work with these multitasking features with a, with a lot of third-party apps as well. Um, there is a new column view for file browsing, and okay. you can now share iCloud folders. So I'm guessing that's going to be almost a competitor to Dropbox if you can share folders with people. You can now plug in a thumb drive or SD card or an external disk drive to your iPad Pro. And this will show up in the Files app. 
and they have made Safari be a desktop class browser on the iPad now, so no more mobile site browsing with Safari. And there's now a download manager. Oh, about time. And there are 30 new keyboard shortcuts. They didn't say what they were, but I would think we voiceover users who use the iPad would be happy about that. And you can now use custom fonts inside your apps. And if you listen to the next two or three podcasts from John Gruber, the talk show, I'll guarantee you he will talk long and loud about fonts because he loves talking about fonts. That he does. And there are new text editing capabilities with multi-touch. You can move the cursor just by putting your finger on it and dragging it now. You can select by dragging. Use a three-finger gesture to copy, paste, or undo. So you don't have to shake your big old iPad Pro anymore to undo. You have a gesture now to do that. And Apple Pencil has greatly lowered its latency. It had a latency of 20 milliseconds in the current one, but in the new uh, OS, it's going to have a latency of only 13 seconds. So I guess that pencil is going to work really, really smooth. Really fast, yeah, really smooth. There's a new Pencil Kit API that's going to let third-party apps do more with the pencil. And someone named Toby Patterson came up and showed this all off. He showed how to move the cursor, how to pinch the keyboard down into a very small keyboard if you want to use it with one hand on your iPad. And he showed the new three-finger gestures. Then Tim came back and talked about the new Mac. And the Mac is number one in customer satisfaction but the place where it's been lacking for the last several years is for high-end Pro users, so they actually introduced the new Mac Pro. It, it's very similar to the Mac Pro previous to the one that's currently available, more like that cheese grater design they used to call it, where it's very open architecture, and you can easily insert and remove things from it um, it's got uh, it can have up to 28 cores it's got an Intel Xeon processor and it just seems like it's going to be incredibly flexible and incredibly powerful I can't imagine anything that a pro would want to do that this new Mac Pro can't do so it's got tons of expansion slots um, it just looks like it's going to be a very sophisticated machine. You can even, if you choose to, buy some optional wheels for it so you can roll it around your workplace. I guess you could roll it down the street if you wanted to. And it's uh, very sophisticated when it comes to graphics capabilities. It looks like it'll be really great for video editing and of course, you you can edit all kinds of multiple tracks. Leave Hello, David. How's it going, David? Just trying to get my machine set up. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have a surprise guest who has just appeared on the podcast, and we're kind of in the middle of talking about the new Mac Pro. So. Our surprise guest is none other than David Woodbridge. David, welcome to the podcast. I'm hey, glad welcome. you're here. Thank you very much. Do you want to uh, just tell us a little bit in general uh, what you thought of the keynote? Did you like it, not like it? How how'd you feel about it? Oh, no, I thought it was the best keynote since I can't remember when. It was packed. It was moving. It had lots of really good features. It wasn't marketing. It was aimed at the developers. So, no, I thought it was an absolutely brilliant keynote address. So did I. I. I couldn't agree more. It was it was really, really, really fast paced. There was no filler there. It was just tons of information, and we're trying desperately to work our to way get, through to it. To kind of get through it all, yeah. As quickly as we can. <laughs> and you're joining us here as we're talking about the new Mac Pro. And I was just saying that I think it's probably everything that I could think of that any 
Mac Pro user would ever want. I, I think ever they've yeah. I think they've nailed it with this one. Well, it was the cheese grater again, wasn't it, since 2010? Yeah. With all the modularity, the fact you can get the cases off, the perfect airflow, the proper thermals, the all the slots you can use, the fact that you can actually mount it uh, on a system if you want to, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely brilliant machine. Yes, and uh, it's got a, a new um, card they're calling the Afterburner, which is designed to be used for video editing. And it's going to be very sophisticated in terms of how much can be played back at one time, up to 12 streams of 4K video. And you need uh, some stock shares in your local utility company to run this thing because (laughs) it's going to, if it's fully decked out, it can draw up to 1.4 kilowatts of power. Yeah. No, no, that was cool. <laughs> it, it 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 is um it looks like it's going to be really great for working with audio tracks as well. Someone named David Earl came up and demonstrated Logic and Final Cut and he was editing orchestras with thousands of instruments and it was just amazing rendering it all in real time. So I don't need to go on and on, but this is truly going to be a powerful machine. And my son, who's a filmmaker, is going to desperately want one of these. And <laughs> I don't know how he's going to afford it, but we'll see how it all works out, right? Well, not to mention the monitor as well that goes with it. Yeah, someone named Colleen oh, yeah. came up and, and, and talked about the new display. It, it's it's a, an HDR monitor, uh, which they're actually calling XDR um, because it, it, it is, it's, it's such an, has such excellent, uh, resolution. It sounds like they're, they're, I don't know how they've done it, but they're selling this very high end monitor for way less at, at, at almost at about $6,000, which is way less than what's typically been the cost of such a monitor. Hmm. It looks like it's going to be very, very nice. It was um, interesting. There was quite a groan, though, in the audience when uh, apparently uh, they discovered that the stand for the monitor is going to cost you a thousand bucks. My gosh. I'm I'm sorry, though, but look at, at that level of productivity. I mean, you're going to be an absolute professional. You're going to be doing video editing, mass amounts of numeric computation type stuff and if you need a mac pro then at the end of the day it doesn't really make much difference how much it costs because you're going to save all that exactly yeah Yeah, and it's it's hmm, very reasonably priced actually Hmm. so so for for what you get i think the the introductory machine which no one would buy of course uh costs right at five thousand dollars but it's only you know it's only got 256 gigs of storage so no one no no mac pro person is going to buy that no (laughs) but that's the price it starts Hmm. so i think it's a great machine you're going to get a couple of them david no (laughs) okay (laughs) i I hear you can put wheels on it i I know you can you can wheel it around (laughs) and the interesting thing about the monitor too was you could actually not only tilt it and move it left and right and sound but you could actually also rotate it oh well, the fact you can write, I mean, I don't know how far it rotates because you've still got a cable joined to it, but that was also very interesting, the fact that you could rotate it. But no, I just felt like I went back in time to the real Apple with that Mac Pro because that was yeah. 100% bang on target, what a Mac Pro should really be for professionals. Yeah, I think they really nailed it. I think they hit it right on the head. And I'll be very surprised if we hear much complaining from from the pros about it. We'll see. No, I, 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 what I might do is because because I work with Apple here in Australia, I might just say, look, can I just come into Apple and so at least I can say that I've just touched one. Yeah, touching the holy grail or something. I just want to be able to touch it and go, yep, yeah. I've I've touched a Mac Pro. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably as close as I'll get to one myself. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's it's not for me, but but no. for people who need that kind of sophistication yep. for video editing and audio editing who are doing huge projects. It, I think it's going to be great. Oh yeah. So then Tim uh, came back and talked a little bit about 
the new Mac OS. Actually, he got Craig up there to to talk in a, a more lengthy amount about it, but it's going to be called Catalina. Uh, and they talked a little bit about, and I didn't understand this completely, I don't think, but they talked a little bit about what's going to happen with iTunes in Catalina. And they made this joke where they said, oh, we're going to add calendar and mail and safari to <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> and uh, and then they said, no, that actually the future of iTunes is really three apps. Mm. Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and Apple TV. Um, so I don't know... Does that mean, do you all think that iTunes is just simply going away or is there, is there going to be some kind of interface there? I, I'm, I'm just not quite sure, honestly. I think it's gone. I, I think, think it's gone. gone. I heard you sync, if you really wanted to still sync your phone to a computer, which I don't anymore, that you can do it from the sidebar. Hmm. You, you can. Yeah. But I, I don't know very many people who still do that, quite frankly, now that iCloud has become so robust. Mm, and exactly. what what about those of us who have the legacy iTunes library stored on our hard drives? Wonder wonder what's going to happen with those. Ooh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there must be some type of migration. There's going to have to be something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, here, here it is. Go buy some more iCloud storage, and then you can put all your existing iTunes <laughs> in your iCloud storage. Thanks very much. Actually, I, I don't have. Um, Apple Music turned on on my Mac. I do on my phone, but on my Mac, I don't because I just want to keep that library intact. I don't want it mixed with Apple Music. Mm. I mean, you don't have to play it with iTunes. They're all MP3 Mm. or M4A files. You can play them on any number of devices, but I'm probably going to have to just be doing away with that legacy um, way of playing that particular library. It's going to be interesting to see how that works. What wasn't clear, though, was whether they're going to do the same thing on Windows. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't yeah, seen I wonder what, what's going to happen on Windows. Yeah, because yeah. You know, there's iTunes on Windows, and I think we're going to end up with three apps. I guess we, we will be on Windows, so that's going to make the uh, the scripters really, really happy because they'll have to start rewriting scripts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that is going to be interesting. We don't know what it's going to mean for iTunes with Windows. It, it wasn't mentioned today. Yeah. They then talked about a new feature called Sidecar, which is going to allow you to use your iPad as a second display for your Mac. Hmm. And I'm imagining a lot of people will find that quite useful. Yeah, and the other positive thing about that too is that you could also use the iPad for input. So if you had an Apple Pencil and you had to do some scribblings or some drawings, you could also use the iPad for input as well. So I can imagine a lot of people that... You know, if you're going to do some, um, you know, architecture stuff or even stuff for school where you're doing some mapping, drawing, that type of stuff, being able to have your sort of your main document on your Mac and then be able to scribble away on your iPad and have it go back into the main document, that's going to be really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is going to be really cool. Mm. Then they mentioned, much to my surprise, accessibility. And they talked about a new accessibility feature called voice control which lets you control both your Mac and your iOS devices completely with your voice. I am so looking forward to this. I do not need it, but I've gotten so used to doing everything with our little assistants around the house Mm. that uh, I'm actually looking forward to this. Actually, it was quite funny, Robert, because on the the video, I wondered why the guy was saying 16 for... 16, and that was the actual numbered items in the grid on the screen mm-hmm. um, where he was actually activating the controls. I oh. guess apparently you can have voice control create that grid for mm. you. I don't think yep. it'll be that useful for us uh, no. as blind people, but I could say I'd be very useful for, for a sighted person. But what I'm assuming, though, is... If the grid always stayed the same, not, that could be one possibility. That you so you always knew that you know sixteen was maybe going to be the play button yeah. in Apple Music, or maybe rather than with voiceover, you could say, I don't know, read me the grid, and maybe just saying sixteen, it might say sixteen play button or sixteen pause button. Yeah. Or, or like I can't imagine Apple 
has forgotten about voiceover. So I'm, I'm pretty going to yeah. be 100% sure it's going to be fully accessible with voiceover anyway. I believe you're absolutely right. We don't know exactly how it will work yet, but I'm confident that it will work. Well, the, the, the other thing I'm really excited about, because I've been wanting this for a long time, I, like, you know, with shortcuts at the moment, series shortcuts, you can open up an app and you can, and you can launch it. But I've always whinged to Apple that I want to be able to open up an app and control the app. Yeah. And, run, and running voice now, the voice control on your iPhone, not just on your Mac, you'll be able to do the full voiceover control on your Mac mm-hmm. as, uh, on your iPhone. So that's what I'm, I just want to be able to say, uh, you know, the Siri, open, open audible.com, choose this book, press play. That is yes. absolutely. Yeah. Right. I would love that. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's going to work like that because that's, that's pretty much how the video worked. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think it's going to be great. There is a new feature on the Mac called Find My, and it's going to let you find any of your devices that you can't locate at the moment, even a Mac, a MacBook that is that is uh, turned okay. off. Um, mm. because it, the, the newer Macs are going to be able to send out a little low energy Bluetooth signal that mm. the other iOS devices can pick up on. So it's going to be mm. interesting to see how, how that works, but it, it's going to be nice that you can find any of your devices, uh, from your Mac. And they've also brought the activation lock to the Mac, which means if it gets stolen, you can have it. You can tell it to get deactivate so that no one can can get into it. No, and the, and the other positive thing about that too was that besides having find, I mean, my, find my is really find my iPhone and find my friends. So humans tracking down your human or tracking down your device now is all in within one app. So rather than going, well, it's stupid that I've got to use find my iPhone to find my watch and vice versa. It's all in the same find my. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I've always thought they should just say, call it Find My Device, but I guess Find My is, is pretty cool as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to giving that a go and just having it all in one app really makes a lot of sense these days. It does. I thought the name was a little weird, Find My, but it, it makes <laughs> sense, really. Yep. So there is also going to be now screen time coming to the Mac so you can see how much time you're wasting on your Mac screen if you choose to do so. And there is a... I must be a very bad parent. I've never used screen time with my kids. <laughs> no. Can't be bothered. No. Like, you're not a responsible adult and you can say, you know, go and physically talk to your children. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I I don't, I'm not a big user of screen time for myself either, but it's there. And I I think they did it because they wanted people to at least become aware of how much time they were spending on their devices. It's actually quite funny because I use it in a reverse manner. If I get told that my average is about 17 hours a day on my iPhone, on my my iPhone, or end on and now my Mac. I think, my God, I've been going pretty well productivity-wise, spending all that time on my smartphone, tablet, and computer. I must be working really hard. So I see it as a positive thing, not a negative thing. It's like, oh, no, you should really juice your screen time. No, no, no. I want to increase it so I'm more productive. That is a reframe from a true technology fan right there. (laughs) (laughs) You can't ask for a better reframe than that. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. (laughs) So they then talked about this technology that we started seeing and hearing a little bit about last year most of us thought it was going to be called marzipan but they Mm. they're calling it catalyst which is the ability to essentially take ipad apps or ios apps and turn them into applications that can run on the mac and they say that this has been much improved over what we saw from last year and so we're all Looking forward to seeing how well the Catalyst apps work, and I think that's going to be interesting. I hope hope I it works know. well. Well, when they were talking about, it, they was basically saying there's a checkbox that says, you know, rebuild the code for the Mac. It was simply a checkbox, and it goes away and deals with all the libraries and routines that you have to do. But what I heard, which made my ears prick up, was because I'm a very for some people that follow me on Twitter, I tweet a lot, and the fact that Twitter has now going to be doing redoing uh, Twitter for the Mac 
that's what I'm really looking forward to because as soon as they mentioned that, right, right, that's it. I've got to have the beta of um, of Mac OS Catalina because you know, blow everything else. I want my Twitter for the Mac. <laughs> there <so>. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, do we do we not have Twitter Twitterific for the Mac anymore? It's getting a bit wonky. Uh-huh. Um, it's when you don't scroll down fast enough in the list for your timeline, it tends to re-scroll back up the top. So you I think, see. Oh, that's unfortunate. Before. And <laughs> for some reason in the mentions, the first maybe five mentions in the list don't read. They just read out oh. the, the tweeter, but not oh, the okay. content. So something better they, needs to be done, it sounds like. Yeah. Exactly. It was great when it first came out, but Twitter's changed a lot. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So they then talked a, a, a little bit about a couple more things uh one of them is ar and the other one is swift and there there's qu- quite a bit of new uh there's a new reality kit for ar which lets you more easily model ar and i don't see a lot for uh people who are blind at the moment in this but i think eventually ar will really be quite exciting and quite useful for us do you know anything much about this this ar stuff david no, but have you guys come across that app in the App Store? And I don't know if it's available in the United States, but it's called Day Radar. And what it does, it uses augmented reality. And so it uses the depth field of the camera for augmented reality to tell how far an object away is. Oh. What the developer done, he's actually using that method to give you distance from an object via either via vibration, I think he's working on, or via some type of tone stroke music. And that's all. That's augmented reality, uh, you know, doing it for blind people that want to use basically an orientation mobility device like a mini guide um, on it. So I just think these advances in AR kit are going to be interesting because they did the whole Minecraft thing on on the stage, and I just thought if you can track somebody's motion in real time, that has quite quite a few implications for orientation mobility as well because then you could almost use a, almost like a live OEM app to track movements around you. Oh, so that would be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's real potential there. We're just seeing right. it in games mostly right now, but it's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to mature. Hmm. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, they then talked a bit about Swift, which I was a little surprised to realize that it Swift language launched five years ago. It doesn't seem like it's been five years, but that's what they said. And it said it's going really well. They introduced some new frameworks, which uh, is a new UI that is going to make it much easier for developers to create code without actually creating code. Apparently, you just drag stuff. And it seems like it's going to be quite nice for people who are who are doing Swift coding. And the audience responded excitedly to it. So I think the developers liked it. Well, it's interesting because on that topic too, they were almost saying that there's two types of people that develop the apps. You've got app development and then you've got design for the app. And they were almost saying that this new Swift framework really combines both design and app development into one person now because it is so straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. And uh, it seems like a, a real move forward with Swift. I think it's it's really coming along nicely. It seems like it's really matured in the last five years. So finally, Tim came back and he talked about how today is a great example of how all of the various OSs are moving forward. And he said that the betas are now available for developers. And of course, the software will actually be released to the public in the fall. And I I really was very energized by this keynote. I didn't quite know what to expect today, but for me personally, I, I thought, wow, Apple is really on the move. It, it it reminded me of of the Apple of old in some ways because they're doing so much right now and they really seemed like they wanted to get up and tell us about it. So I, I enjoyed it today. No, it was good. I mean, I, 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 you might have talked about this earlier on, but I, I reckon um, Tim has been to um, presentation classes because he's re- he was really upbeat when he came on stage. He was almost he yelling was. at his voice. 
And I thought, hello, maybe you've maybe they've decided to actually change your style of presentation. Mm-hmm. The other thing I saw on Twitter this morning was also apparently for blind or low vision participants, staff, or uh, journalists, they had audio description happening in the WDC keynote address hall. Yeah. Oh. So they would tell you what was happening on stage, what was happening in the videos, because every time I was writing notes this morning, they kept going, yet another video without audio description, mm-hmm. yet another video without audio description. But I also tweeted the positive fact that if you go onto the apple.com website and have a look at the links for all the previews of <clears throat> iOS, macOS, and watchOS, all those videos on that website are actually audio described. So even though they didn't do it on the keynote, the actual website ones are all audio described. So they have done a lot of their homework. They just didn't do it on the live presentation. But right. I, I think you're right, Robert. I, I, I just felt like it was the apple of old because I've been cruising for a little bit, probably the last six to nine months, getting a bit not tired of Apple, but there's nothing new coming up. It's the same old, same old. I think, oh, yeah, new Mac, new Apple Watch. Who really cares? But I get really excited about new software, what you can do with it, the functionality, the productivity, bending it, going outside the square, all that sort of really cool stuff you can do with software. And, you know, I feel, I feel, I feel like I've been re-energized. I think, where have I been? I've been in the wilderness and now I've come back. <laughs> yeah. It's like getting a new device. Yeah. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I I know um, it it does feel that way. And do you have similar thoughts, Allison, or how do you feel about what all we've gone over here? I do. Um, I want. Um, I'm more excited about some of the features. Like I'm, I'm interested to see the Siri improvements. I'm interested. I'm really interested in that. Um, airpod audio sharing and the auto responding to to messages um in the voice control i just I, I like how they're making it even easier to do the things that that we already do and that's always just for me been kind of the dangers behind apple you know um i like some of the um even some of the things with sharing with photos and stuff i like i like the fact that you can look by day and month and stuff now that'll help me because i take a lot of photos mm-hmm. and and I have a lot of videos of my niece and nephew and stuff. And the only way to, to really isolate them was to either go into videos or go into, into favorites, you know, and have to mark everything, but this will just make it easier. I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty re-energized too. I have to say that um have to have a conversation with the boyfriend, of course, but I think that, um, that, you know, when new devices come out, we'll see what these new, uh, what these new uh, softwares can, can do yeah, on them. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. it it is exciting. And it's so funny that I think we do sort of go through what you're talking about, David, these periods of kind of being lulled into, oh, well, just just more, more stuff. But Mm. the job in some ways, at least as I see it, of this keynote, of course, it's really intended first and foremost for developers, but it's also broadcast worldwide. So it's, it's intended for us also. And and the job in some ways that as I see it is to re-energize us, to re-excite us, to, to, to show us something that we're, that we can sink our teeth into. And and I'm just so glad they did that today. No, they did. No, I, 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 the whole thing, I just keep going, Oh yes, please. Oh yes, please. Oh, I have that as well. (laughs) And the the nice thing is I I feel like I'm going to get more out of my existing hardware. So some of it is that I don't have to buy too much new hardware, but the fact that I just love the sound of that um, audio sharing from or handoff from your AirPods back to the HomePod. HomePod, (laughs) yeah. Um, I, I, I keep, talking about my brand new Subaru Forest that I bought last year and people think it's very weird that David does his podcast and his radio program sometimes actually sitting in the car. But then I think if I can't drive it, I'll actually sit in it. But even for me, things like CarPlay are really exciting because I'm using CarPlay in the car all the time with my boys and my wife. Um, and then the the other stuff about, you know, the, the it was actually quite funny, I, I should mention this. When they were talking about cycles with the Apple Watch, here in Australia, we refer to menstrual cycles, not as menstrual cycles, but as periods. Mm-hmm. And when they started talking about cycles, I thought they were talking about bicycle cycle. As in- <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's what some of the Twitterverse thought too. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. <laughs> I know, I suppose it's healthy, but, you know, yes, women <laughs> do, go, do go on bicycles. Yes. Yeah. So, 
uh, David, they're talking about monthly periods, as in cycle periods. I went, oh, oh. Yeah, so that gave quite a few of my friends a good chuckle this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad to see that app. I mean, it's, it's long overdue. I think uh, oh, yeah. women's health is so important. And so it's so cool that they're they're finally doing that. That's excellent. That was wonderful. So to me, it's, I, I guess the only other thing I was thinking about that was missing, I just wish they would start making Apple Watch faces third party. I know we've got the Apple Watch app uh, store actually on the watch now with, with Watch iOS 6, but can't we just please have a little bit more of, you know, third party developers? I mean, we keep talking about app development. Well, why not, why not watch face development? I mean, that would be pretty, yeah. pretty cool. So. Yeah, I could imagine it could be, it would be a mixed bag. There'd be a lot of, maybe some good ones and some bad ones. And Apple probably doesn't mm-hmm. want people walking around with bad faces mm-hmm. on their watches. I can see how yeah. they'd be a little careful about that. But yeah, it, it is kind of interesting that, that we don't have that. But it's like everything, you know. It's uh, we'll we'll see what happens, right? It's Apple, so they'll. Yeah. And they'll... I just want more anyway. I, I always want more. They, sure, yeah. enough. It's like, well, but couldn't you've done X, Y, and Z while you wrote it? I mean, you already went to. Oh, no matter, yeah, no matter what they was... put out, it's like, oh, but why was hoping for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's part of that's part of what it means to be a human, right? Yeah, that's it. Always <laughs> wanting more. All right, you all. Well, I want to bring this to a close because we've gone on for quite a while here and I want to get this thing published as soon as I can so we can get our little podcast out there for people who want to hear our take on WWDC for 2019. Allison, thank you so much for doing this with me and David, thanks for coming in when you could. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. All right. Well, this is Robert, one of the tech doctors and I will say so long for now. And this is Allison, the other tech doctor, saying bye, everyone.